The Step I Have Taken, Letter 3, by Edward Dennett. Letter 3. Blackheath, January, 1875. My Beloved Brother. Upon returning to England, I again began my ministry. Because I was still weak, my beloved people kindly allowed me to preach only once on Lord's Day, and through the tender mercies of our God and Father, I was able to do this with comparative ease and much joy. Perhaps as never before did I realize so much of the presence of God and of the power of the Holy Spirit in preaching the Word. The reason, no doubt, was that never before were so many prayers offered that the Lord's strength might be made perfect in my weakness. Regardless of all these happy experiences, the Lord was about to make me retire from my work. Scarcely had I settled down before indications appeared that it was not His will for me to continue at my post. You are acquainted with the peculiar path by which I was led, so you know that I didn't take the step of my own will, but was forced to act by influences from without. I called a meeting of believers and read to them a paper that contained the leading truths which I held at that time. A part of this paper follows, it will help explain the change which I was led to make. After some personal references, I proceeded as follows. I am said to have taught so-called Plymouth Doctrines last Lord's Day. It so happens that on two previous occasions, I expressed exactly the same views, and, as far as I know, not a single complaint was made. But, the important question is, did I proclaim truth or error? Because the Catholics hold the divinity of the Lord Jesus, am I to reject this most true and blessed doctrine? But, I confess that I do largely agree with the doctrines usually associated with so-called brethren. When I began my ministry here, over thirteen years ago, I was a great student and read many books. But, the Lord gradually showed me that, with the Holy Spirit as guide and teacher, the Bible is all-sufficient for the instruction of the man of God, John 14 verses 16 to 17, 26, and John 16 verse 13. Thus, my books became fewer and fewer. Now, the Scriptures are my chief companion and my only textbook for the pulpit. The result was that I had to reject most of the views that I had been previously taught, and I had to confess that many of the doctrines of so-called brethren were according to the mind of God. For instance, I saw that it is right to meet simply as Christians on the Lord's Day to break bread. Again, in regard to dispensational truth, although I had differed from them on some important points, I agreed with them in their general outline, as for example, in the premillennial return of Christ, in the first resurrection of believers, in the rapture of the saints, and in their association with Christ in the glories of his millennial reign. I also agreed in the restoration and conversion of the Jews and in the conversion of the world, not by the preaching of the gospel before the second coming of Christ, but after the Lord's return, when God will turn to the peoples a pure language that they may all call upon the name of the Lord, to serve him with one consent, Zephaniah 3 verse 9. I also agree with them, speaking generally, in their teaching on the standing and walk of believers, separation from the world, and the indwelling Holy Spirit. I have differed with them on other points. If I had not, I hope I would have had grace to unite with them. If I had been fully convinced of the ground they take as to worship and ministry, it would have been my pleasure to seek to glorify God by obedience to His will. I will go farther. I often have said in talking to friends, that under some circumstances, I would rather be with so-called brethren than with other Christians. Even now, if I were in a place where no definite truth was taught, I would seek the privilege of fellowship with them in the breaking of bread. 
I have often expressed regret that I ever wrote my pamphlet against brethren because I soon found that Unitarians, clergymen, and other ministers with whom I had not the least sympathy were using my book to help their cause. I felt, therefore, that I was in the wrong camp and must have been in error. It also was referenced in newspapers and reviews to support views that I entirely rejected. Hence, I express my deep sorrow that I ever published it, even though at the time, it contained my sincere convictions. In these days of worldliness and error, I would far rather see Christians with so-called brethren than in the establishment, the Church of England, or with many independents and Baptists. I take this opportunity to say that I do not now agree with the statements and views that my book contains. Such, dear brother, was the substance of the paper that I read on that occasion. I then announced that since my teaching had been called in question, I would resign from my pastorate. I returned home with more joy of soul than I had experienced for some time, for I felt that the Lord had opened a door for me to declare plainly all the truth that I held. I was sure that, whatever might be the trials of faith connected with the separation from my people, he who had spoken so plainly to me, would give me grace to be faithful, strength for the testimony to which I might be called, and ability to follow on, although the character of the path I was entering was entirely hidden. Yours affectionately in the Lord. Edward Dennett